When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Well, this week it's the Wyndham Championship which always signifies the end of the regular season, the week before the FedEx Cup playoffs. And well, this year, they look a little bit different with only the top 70 as opposed to the top 125 making it to the FedEx St. Jude. Right, Elk, we're going to get into all of that. But last week at the 3M Open, Lee Hodges went wire to wire for his first victory on the PGA Tour. And man, what a what a final round. What a performance really all week from him. Two Eagles on Sunday and he ended up winning by seven strokes over your pick, JT Poston. Yeah, Lee Hodges, uh, Diane, it's another one of these uh, storylines that we're getting. You know, we've, we're starting to learn about a lot of different players. So he Gala, all these younger guys coming through. Uh, Lee Hodges, another guy out of Alabama. I didn't know he was from, I didn't know he played at University of Alabama where JT and all these guys were. So learning more about the tour players, played flawless golf on Sunday. I watched the last nine holes. I was pulling the course for our own JT Poston, who finished up with a triple bogey on the last hole, trying to put the pressure on Hodges, but it was all too much. Uh, Hodges uh, got his first victory. He had his sweetheart bride there. The coach came in from Alabama. They had milkshakes. Everything went well for them uh, on Sunday, but, we have, yes, we're moving down to Greensboro, Diane. That was the home of the, my first tour of victory. So I know how important it is for a lot of these guys. You've already spoken of that next week starts the playoffs, top 70. I'm a little disappointed, to be honest with you, that the FedEx Cup goes all the way to October because what made this tournament so compelling was this was the tournament where you kept your tour card. And this week, to me, I know it's not with you because we already talked about it, is a bit of a flop. It's a bit of a flop for me because, I'm yes, I'm excited about our picks and our prospects and what we're talking about. But, look, there's only about 25 of these guys coming from Greensboro to go into the playoffs. They're going to be tired. They're waiting on the other 40 Lions or Tigers or or predators over there that are getting ready to swallow them up over there. And this is sort of the left, what's left of the tour. 
this week, so to speak. So we're going to we're going to talk about that, of course. But I'm just sort of giving you my uh, two cents worth there. It's so funny because we did disagree about this because I think this is one of the most exciting weeks that we see all year on the tour. And used to be. Well, I love the fact that the playoffs are now the top 70. You know, the top 125, they lock up their full playing privileges for next season. And they have until the end of um, like the RSM Classic. So what, November, mid-November to do so. But the top 70 right now are being rewarded with these playoff events. And I like it. Um, you know, we've got the, it's called what, the FedEx Cup fall season now. Um, and we're back to a calendar year season on the PGA Tour. But this week, there's a lot on the line for a lot of guys. And with it being the top 70, there's still a good amount of volatility. There's some big names outside of the top 70 right now who are trying to battle their way in. Justin Thomas, um, Shane Lowry, Adam Scott. You know, have a look at the rankings here. Um, Austin Eckrow being the bubble boy right now on number 70. But there's so much volatility. Um, Justin Saar. You know, obviously, he's been a name that's been on our lips a lot this year. David Thompson has had a pretty good season. Davis Thompson, sorry. Um, you know, but look at those guys that are 60 to 69. Um, Sam Ryder had a good week last week. Aaron Rye has been super consistent. But none of these guys are safe. And we're really going to be watching for that top 70 mark this week at the Wyndham. Yeah, and there is a couple of stories that you've noted there. I think Shane Lowry will probably get into the Euro Ryder Cup team, don't you think? I don't think Justin Thomas has a chance at all. I think 0% chance of him getting on the Ryder Cup team. I think he, he'd be happy if he made it to the Tour Championship. But, you know, I can try to get excited with you on this event, but, you know, we're, we're talking about the guys that are just going to get into the tail end of the playoffs. I mean... Um, you know, Ram and all these guys are all sitting over there waiting for these sort of guys to come out of the out of the jungle that have been fighting there for the last month to go over there and get gobbled up next week because they're at the bottom end of the 70. But I get no, it, no, Diane. No. I get it. I get it. I mean, we rarely Listen, ever do. I can come back with an argument to that. And it's Adam Scott, who last year, he played his way into the playoffs um, he fought so hard. He made it to the first event. He then made it to the second event. He made it all the way to the Tour Championship at Eastlake. So Adam Scott was a brilliant example of somebody who battled hard, had like what, a couple of third place finishes and made it all the way to Eastlake. And look at him right now. He's sitting at number 81 in the standing. So he's someone who this week at the Wyndham, a tournament he's played well at before, he's going to be trying his hardest to make it into that number 70. He's had a good attitude all year. I see his birthplace was Adelaide. That's surprising. I've never seen that. I thought he was from Brisbane. But anyway, that's another story. Now, there's some interesting storylines, Diane. I think um, knowing that if you're playing this week and you're sort of like your brother who's down the list a little bit on the FedEx Cup and he has all the way to October, is it October to, to, to get November. into the top one, in, all the way to November to get mm -hmm. his uh, – you know, status for next year. That's a bit of a relief for these guys. It won't be as compelling. I'm sorry to tell you that because the 125 does not finish this week, there's two things going to happen. There's going to be about six guys that make it into the playoffs next week that aren't already in it. And there's yeah. about mm, the other 130 guys are going to go home and have three weeks off and watch the playoffs on TV. That's where we're at. However, we have a great course, Donald Ross course, Sedgefield in, in North Carolina, one of the great layouts. 
I like this week, Diane, because distance is not a factor. Mm-hmm. And uh, you a lot of dog legs, a lot of sort of over-the-top shots, around tree-line course, beautiful uh, design golf course, low scores. I mean, we saw uh, Brent Snedeker here a few years ago shoot a 59. We saw JT Poston went 72 holes, Diane, broke a 1981 record or tied Lee Trevino for no bogeys for the whole week. And I have to tell you, you you know I was on JT Poston, and I'm gonna I have a story to talk about him this week. I looked at everything hard, but there's no one coming in this event more prepared to play well than JT Poston. Well, let's talk about JT because you had picked him last week for the 3M Open, and he ended up finishing tied for second on the 72nd hole. His Tee shot landed in the rough by the water and he went for it to get on the green in two. Ball bounced off a rock just before the green and landed in the middle of the pond. Um, He ended up missing a five-footer for double. So triple bogey knocked him into a tie for second and cost him $260,000. I know. Um, That amount of money is... That is enough to make anyone feel sick when he's such a good putter. You know, a five-foot putt for JT on the other 71 holes would have been an absolute given. Um, But obviously, you know, he knew what was on the line and his head had to be absolutely scrambled. But he said every other time, you know, he would go for it again and again and again. He doesn't regret going for it. Um, But what do you make of that situation? Well, how much did he lose? Two hundred and sixty thousand. Yes. That that's more money than I won in Greensboro in nineteen ninety for the <laughs> win. However, I had just got a small house in nineteen ninety, Lisa and I, and uh, I went. I took that money, that two twenty five, went and paid the bank straight off. So yeah. I was I was in good shape with that one. No, I think you know he was putting a fair amount of pressure on Hodges. I guess they're good friends, and um, you know you never know what's going to happen on the last hole i mean what yeah. if what if jt skids one up there out of that rough and gets on the green and makes a three and then hodges lays up and maybe he spins it in the water i mean anything could you got to go for it i mean you're not really a lot of people say to us all the time what is it like standing over a putt for 500,000 well you're not really thinking about the 500,000 you're thinking about the score you're thinking about the position you're in um no, I think JT was trying to put pressure on all day. And it, and it just so happened it was a little late in the day. I think birdie 15, birdie 16. Uh, here he comes, you know, trying to put a bit of pressure on Hodges, but Hodges too, had too much going for him. And Elk, it wasn't just JT Poston who had a good week. We had also picked Emiliano Grillo and Keith Mitchell, who both finished within the top 10. And it was a great week for Mitchell. After, you know, a run of frustrating golf where he missed the Open um, in Scotland, then he ended up not getting into the field for the Open Championship came over, played in the Barracuda and missed the cut, knowing that he was round about that 70 number in the FedEx Cup standings. And last week's finish jumping him into 57th place. So that was a really, really important week for him. Really important now that I think he's withdrawn this week from Greensboro. So he should hold that spot. I think mm-hmm. I read today that Mitchell's out. So 13 spots, yeah, I think he's he's pretty safe. There's not there's not 13 guys going to pass Mitchell to get into the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we're pretty close to our picks last week. You know, I'm I'm looking like you are. We we look at this together, looking for these trending players. This week's slightly different. I think I think 
again, where you and I are quite off center on this, but this this event could anything could happen in this event. But I'm still looking for two types of players: ones that have energy. Of course, we can get right onto it. My pick this week has to be JT Poston. I mean, he he's won this <laughs> tournament here before. I mean, I looked I looked everywhere to say, hey. Is JT too tired to play this week? He's been in Scotland. He was at the Open. He was at 3M. He was at uh, Hartford where he finished six, six at the Scottish, played decent at the British, second last week, won this tournament without a bogey a few years ago, driving the ball really well. I watched, you know, he's on TV when you listen to the commentators talk about JT, talk about how good he parts. And we've been saying this for years. And he kind of plays good almost every year at this time of the year, Diane. I talk about biorhythms to you all the time. He's won this tournament. He won John Deere a couple of weeks ago, two years ago. Um, there's just nobody playing any better golf than him. And this field, quite honestly, is quite weak. And there's nobody has more momentum than JT. Knows mm-hmm. his course really well. So I'm just going to keep riding, riding posting. That's, um, you know, looking, as you say, how he's been playing, three top six finishes in his last four starts. Um, And, you're you know, even looking back, you talk about him in these biorhythms and times of year where he plays well. His whole season has been, you know, kind of in waves. He'll go through a period of, you know, miscuts or not great finishes. And then all of a sudden he'll have like three or four events bunched together where he'll play really well. Um, and right now this is definitely a, a wave that we have to ride for JT. So I'm not surprised that you're picking him. I'm also <laughs> baffled well, at the fact he's 30 to 1 this week. Not only that... I I had a look around and found him at 40 to 1, and I, I cannot believe it. He's the best player in the field, form wise, by a mile. It's never a putting with JT. Uh, it's never putting. He's always got that part of the game down. When you think about J, his other JT, uh, Justin Thomas, is all about putting. So it's never about putting with Thomas. This week's going to be a low scoring affair. It's always, almost always with uh, JT Poston about driving. And his driving's gotten considerably better. And I must say, his putting over the last six weeks is just leaps and bounds where he is in strokes gain. So he's just on fire with the putter. This week's going to be low scoring, as we talked about. Um, It's going to be hitting the second shot on the green, Diane, and making putts. And all my players this week are guys that have momentum, guys that are close to getting into that top seven that you talked about, and have some recent form. That's that's what I'm looking at this week. Well, you went right into your pick of JT Poston, who's your outright favourite. But let's talk a little bit about the course. Um, You know, Sedgefield Country Club and Poston is going to feel very comfortable here, bearing a mind he won in 2019 and went bogey-free, as you said, which is just outstanding. Um, It's at a par 70, just over 7,100 yards. And, you know, short course, a real positional course. Accuracy is going to be rewarded, that approach shot. Um, It's not really a distance course, and the past champions prove that. This is a... Webb Simpson, of course, he's always done very, very well around here. Um, Kevin Kisner, Tom Kim won last year and unfortunately due to injury, he's not going to be playing this year. But, um, you know, accuracy, 
excellent putters and, as you say, guys that really have something to play for this week. Um, they're definitely making up my picks. But yeah, I think um, JT Poston is the real model. And even that year that he won, Webb Simpson had you know just an amazing couple closing holes to uh, to really give him a run for his money but he's the he's the kind of poster child model of how you can go about and do well around Sedgefield. Yeah, as you said, it's not it's not a long hitters course. If John Rahm and all these guys are playing here, they, they wouldn't even be the favorite. This is a, this is a ball control course. It's, it's a quite a hilly golf course Sedgefield meaning that there's shots you hit over hills down to laying up short of little hazards. There's you can hit it down there a bit further, but it bottlenecks in, so players elect to stay back a little bit. Almost everybody, Diane, plays the course the same way off the tee, so length's not a factor. So what happens, what separates everybody when length's not a factor? Second shot, approach, next to the pin, and then, of course, putting, putting and chipping. So it's a pretty open field this week. Um, you know, there's guys jockeying all over the place, not just for top 70, but... I've got a couple of picks on the lower end here that have interesting stories as well. Okay, right. Well, let me give you my outright favourite. And this is going to come as absolutely no surprise. This guy is having a fantastic season. And when we did our re-ranking this week with our unique algorithm, then he came out at number one, which I was not surprised about. Again, the one thing that's surprising me is the fact that the odds for this guy are so much higher than I thought they would be. I had a look around and the highest I found him at is 35 to 1. 30 to 1 seems to be the, the kind of going odds for Denny McCarthy this week. Now, if you followed this show for a while, you'll know that I'm a big fan of McCarthy and I've been picking him for such a long time. Um, but if you look at a course that was going to really set up for his game and a time in his career and in the season where he could take home a trophy, this would be it. He's 11 top 20s this season. He had that runner-up finish at Memorial in June. And he's had two top seven finishes in his last three starts. He's an incredible putter. He's first in strokes gained putting when you look at the field this week. First inside 10 feet on the tour and two top 15 finishes at this tournament before. Best one is a ninth place in 2020. So listen, <laughs> if there was ever a time, because McCarthy has been trending this entire season, you know, and really, as I said, the highlight has been that runner-up finish at Memorial when he lost in a playoff, but... I mean, this would just be the, the ideal ending before the playoffs for Denny McCarthy because we're all kind of expecting it. And as I said, this course just sets up perfectly for his game. So, yeah, 30 to 1 being the kind of average, 35 to 1 when I had a little hunt around, but an outstanding price for McCarthy this week. Yeah, McCarthy is another one of these young guys who are waiting for them to win, you know. Um, there's talk of him being on the Ryder Cup team. I don't think he's going to get on the Ryder Cup team if he doesn't win. I don't think you can. There's just too many Americans down that list. Uh, do we have that list there uh, to have a look at the Ryder Cup? Denny McCarthy is in the conversation, but without a win, I don't think, you know, Zach Johnson would have a pretty tough time, Diane, putting in. Uh, where is he there? There at number 15. Yeah, yeah it's 15. 
So, you know, you've got Sam Burns right there ahead of him, the match play champion. Ricky Fowler, who's won this year. Keegan Bradlin, who's won. I mean, there's a lot of guys, Diane, around him that would have to get, you know, passed to pick McCarthy. So, you know, I, I'm i with you on riding these trends. You know, is mm-hmm. McCarthy saving himself for the playoffs or is he putting all his eggs into this week's basket? I'm sure they don't quite think that way. They're always trying to play well and win, but... McCarthy's such a great putter. This is a good chance for him to catch, pick up his first win. Yeah, just an amazing putter. You know, there's got to be so many guys on tour that look at the likes of Denny McCarthy who never, I mean, very, very rarely misses anything, rarely puts a foot wrong in the greens. And there's so many guys that when we look at our stats and we look across the board and we're taking in kind of five key stats, they're green, 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 red, strokes game putting. Um, and, you know, McCarthy's been happily sitting within the top three for the entire year. I heard a great quote from McCarthy, and I don't know if it's his quote. It was it was from him. I don't know if it's his. But he said something like about his putting. He doesn't really care um, how he does it with whole putts, that is. He, he just cares about, you know, getting it online. He doesn't really think too much about his stroke, doesn't think too much about uh, much, at a, much at all, just thinks mm-hmm. about how to get it online. And that that's very interesting because so many guys worry about every little mo- movement in their stroke and try to get everything perfect. And here's McCarthy, the number one putter on tour, just kind of letting it go, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's we always uh, – I always hate those guys that putt so good. When you play with Crenshaw, same thing, just – Looks like he's painting the side of the house with his putter, you know, and not, doesn't have a care in the world. And we're over here trying to manage every inch of our stroke to keep it online, you know. So, uh, yeah, no, McCarthy's got a great chance this week. Yeah, especially because uh, scoring is going to be low, as you said. So he's going to need to make a lot of putts. So I'm going to go with Denny McCarthy at the top. You're taking JT Poston, both round about 30 to 1 this week. Baffling. <laughs> like crazy. Um, you know, going back to Justin Thomas quickly, he has to finish solo 18th or better, by the way, this week to make it into the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, we were just talking about putting. Look at JT's stat right now in this field. He's 110th in strokes gain putting and sitting at 79. And, you know, best finish at the Wyndham. He hasn't played this tournament for a very long time. This is not one that was regularly on his schedule, but... He, it's not a, a course that he's done well at before, and Thomas, it's thirty-five to win, uh, thirty-five to one to win this week. Got zero momentum going forward right now. He's just hates. I don't say he hates being here, but he he hates not having control of his schedule. He's mm-hmm. got to do this if he wants to play in the playoffs. He's got to try to keep pushing forward to get into the get into the playoffs, try to get on the Ryder Cup team. I don't think he's got a chance, Diane, at all. I think he's got things he's got to work out, deal with, et cetera. Um, you know, I don't want to weigh too much into it because everybody has weighed in on JT. Um, yeah. You know, you know, he's there, he's trying hard, he's working, he's doing his thing. Let's see what happens. Okay then, so we're moving on to our ones to watch. These are guys at slightly higher odds. I say slightly, that's definitely relevant for my pick this week. Um, do you want me to kick it off? Yep. Okay, well, I'm taking a German and this guy hasn't really been in the Ryder Cup conversation, I guess, but he's very underrated in general right now. And Alex, you look Alex at Stryker? Alex Stryker? 
It's a great win for him last week. <laughs> Did you watch the senior open and the weather watched, that they played? I watched in? about five holes and I just couldn't oh. believe it. And I was thinking, man, I'm glad I'm not there. I mean, 10 over par finished seventh. I think it was absolutely wild. Um, Podrick Harrington in the Ryder Cup conversation now after losing to Alex Cheka in that playoff. But anyway, this guy that I'm picking for my one to watch, he's sitting at 64th in the FedEx Cup standing. So yes, you know, has to have a good week this week. But just has had a very underrated season. And I'm talking about Steven Yeager. He's 35 to one this week. And he's had seven top 25 finishes this year, which is just brilliant. Um, as I said, he needs to have a good week to lock up his place in the playoffs. But I was having a real dig around his stats. I mean, seventh in the field for strokes gained around the green. He's 12th in strokes gained total. And yeah, we're seeing him at 83rd in strokes gain putting there, but he leads the tour in total birdies this season. Um, he's going to need a lot to really boost him up the leaderboard this week, but he's got really, really good stats. Um, and at 35 to one, I love these odds for Steven Yeager, as I said, underrated. We've been keeping an eye on him um, on the tour report because as we say, we track the trends and he's really been training in the right direction all season and his FedEx Cup position shows that. So I really like him this week at 35 to one. Yeah, similar odds to Justin Thomas. And you think, you know, these two players, you know one really well and you don't know the other at all. And one's trending in a certain direction. If they were playing a match play tournament between uh, Jaeger and Justin Thomas today, Jaeger would be the favorite. And that's yeah. hard to believe, but that's the way it goes in golf. I was looking um, similar things as you, Diane. Justin's, Justin Sa, who's, who's a bit of a, op, a bit of a sort of a attention grabber. He plays good in spurts this year. I'm not quite picking him. I'm just watching him this week. I think he'll. I think he'll do well. I think he's uh, 77th. So a good week this week. He can put himself into the playoffs next week. But I'm looking at Sam Ryder, who finished. You know, he's number two in putting on the tour. He's like number fifth in. Uh, sorry, number uh, 35th in strokes gained uh, approach. Those are the two stats that I'm interested in. How you make birdies at this course. The only weak stat that Sam Ryder has, of course, is driving distance. And that didn't matter because he almost won San Diego this year. You remember yeah. his mother was getting interviewed, walking down the fairway on like the 15th hole, Diane. And <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, you know, Sam Ryder's mother's hair was trending on Twitter and all this. Well, I think it's time for Sam Ryder to step up a little bit here now. Again, he's number two in punting. I watched him last week. I talked about him on the show, but... He finished seventh last week. So that's really, I like that a lot. And yeah. I think this is a chance for this young fellow to get his first win because he's, he's on that bubble as well. Okay. And he's 110 to one. <laughs> like, I know. You are know. rolling out the big numbers for your one to watch this week. He's, he should be a lot lower than 100, 110 to one. I mean, okay. he's the second best putter on the tour, on, on the tour out there. Uh, 
I mean, I don't know how they're getting these odds this week, Diane. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I said I'm taking Steven Yeager at 35 to 1, but I've got another name that we are definitely watching because, again, phenomenal odds. Eric Hall is 60 to 1. And again, if you look at someone who has had a great season, he's 40th in the FedEx Cup standing. So, the way the playoffs go, top 70, top 50, top 30. He's looking at Eastlake right now and taking it all the way to the end. He's at eight top 25s, runner-up at the Honda. His stats are amazing. Um, sixth in strokes gain total, eighth in putting, 20th around the green, 13th in approach. And his off the tee stat is the one that is uh, bright red for him at 115th. But man, he's like top 20 in four of the five stats that we look at. Um, and this course should set up really well for his game. So 60 to 1, Eric Cole, I thought was amazing. Yeah, Cole, again, there's another one that we've been tracking, you know, was right there at the Honda Classic this year, played good all year, one that went away. We had him on our board for uh, the John Deere after he yeah. went away after having a great week, I think, at Travelers, and then went off and won another little tournament in Pittsburgh, gave the money to charity, I told you, there's guys that are dangerous that give money away, Diane, because they don't care about it. They want those trophies. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so um, we've given you a few names. We're definitely watching Eric Cole and Justin Sa, but you're taking Sam Ryder as your one to watch, and I have Stephen Yeager. And then we move on to our dark horse picks. Now, uh, these are guys over 100 to 1. You've already given us 110 to 1, so I can't even imagine where you're going for yours. Um, well, I sort of have two stories. Okay. Uh, when we <laughs> had to talk, I'm, I'm going to give you the story on the first one, then I'm going to pick the other guy. But okay. um, at the top of the show, we talked about how this tournament was really important when – at the end of the week, you either knew you had your ticket for the next year or you didn't. And now you've already explained to us uh, that that goes all the way through November. But remember, uh, Chess and Hadley at this tournament a few years ago had a hole in one on number 16 to pretty much secure his tour card, you know, to get into the 125. Well, would you would you know it that Chess and Hadley is 126 on the money list again, standing on starting this week? But he's 25th in putting, Diane, and he, and he hits greens really good, and he probably he's probably going to play good this week uh, at this course. He's got good vibes here. He's looking, you know, he's not going to make it to the Tour Championship unless he wins this event, but he'd really like to go to a three-week break with about a top-10 finish this week. What are his odds? I don't have it on my board. Is it right there? He's high. to one, yeah. Yeah. But the guy that I'm really looking at who's taken advantage of the – best situation that he's ever been getting is Zach Blair. Zach Blair has come out of absolutely nowhere, Diane. I mean, this guy was designing a golf course down in Georgia this year called Tree Farm and finished second in an elevated event on a medical exemption. He had to make it X amount of dollars, X amount of points to get exempt uh, for next year. Finished second in an elevated event at Hartford. Got a ton of points there. Just finished uh, last week, Diane, tie for 13th. So now he's tied up his, car, his ticket for next year and he's 90th on the FedEx. Do you think he could take more advantage of even a more of a situation than what he's already done twice this year by being on a medical, getting his ticket, getting in there, securing his card, and now he's going to leapfrog into the playoffs? Can he do it? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I think um, it's such a great story. I've been tracking him for a little while now. And a super likable guy as well. Um, when you see him, it's like you want to root for him when you're watching him on TV and, and checking his scores. So Zach Blair, he's done it. He's done, he's done it with 250 to 1, and he's done it with super low rounds on Sundays. Okay, okay, good. Right, so that is your dark horse. Mine is, um, well... When we see his stat card, you'll see him at 90 to 1. However, <laughs> I did my research and I found him at 125 to 1. So I'm just saying he's a definite dark horse. I'm not trying to beat the system in any way here. Um, but we've talked about Sedgefield and how it's a positional course, right? Accurate players will do well here. You have to hit a lot of greens. And Kevin Yu has just got a brilliant set of stats. So... In the field this week, he's first in strokes gained off the tee. If I was to put that to you, like name me from this entire field who you think leads strokes gained off the tee. You're never going to guess Kevin Yu, but there you go. Um, for the season on tour, he's fifth in total driving, second greens in reg, and he's had three top seven finishes this season, including a T6 at the John Deere last month. Um, worst stat is putting, yes, so he needs to perform well on the greens this week, but we know that guys can get hot with the putter. And at 94th in the FedEx Cup right now, Kevin Yu, you know, he needs to have an excellent week this week if he wants to jump up and stand any chance of making it to the Tour Championship. Um, not to the Tour Championships, to the playoffs. Well, he could make it to the Tour Championship. This could really be the kick that he needs to uh, to start a great run of form. But he's playing really well. And as I said, fantastic set of stats that really are going to suit Sedgefield Country Club. So Kevin Yu... I said I found him at 125 to 1, but he's round about that 100 mark. And uh, I'm going to pick him as my dark horse this week. I like it. You, you mentioned a name at the top of the show, uh, Webb Simpson, who plays really good at this tournament in Greensboro. Yeah. Been watching him on Instagram, been working with a new coach. And Webb Simpson had had trouble with his swing for a number of years and had a few problems, but he's changed his swing and it's starting to look really, really good. I've kind of been tracking this on Instagram. I'm not predicting that Webb Simpson is going to win this tournament, but uh -huh. when you see him swing this week, you're going to see a, a surprisingly a, a much better looking swing from him. And his confidence is building. I can hear it in his voice when he's talking on the video. So I'm I'm not quite ready to put him over the top yet, but maybe in a, in a month or so. But I'm, he's on the lookout, Webb well, Simpson. He's 75 to 1 and um... – let me just tell you how he's played this tournament over the last couple of years. So last year he withdrew, but before that he went 7th, 3rd, 2nd, 2nd, 3rd, 72nd, anomaly year, 6th, 5th and 11th. So, and he named his child Wyndham. So that tells you how much Webb Simpson loves this tournament. I know. So he's coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Interesting point. All right, so I'm taking Kevin Yu. And you are going with Zach Blair at 250 to 1 as your dark horse this week. All right, um, you know, looking at the guys right now, obviously we're focused on the top 70 who are going to make it to the FedEx St. Jude next week for the start of the FedEx Cup Championships. Um, FedEx Cup playoffs, sorry. But 
you know, just to talk about the volatility in the numbers, Martin Laird was such a great example last week. Um, he was sitting at like 140 something in the standings and ended up finishing in a tie for second after a 64 on Sunday. And he jumped up to 111th. So the guys that are further down, it's not like they're going to make massive, massive jumps. You know, so it, it's it's hard. And that's why they've got the rest of the season to get within that 125. So even though we're focused on the top 70, it's really, you know, go time for these guys that want to make sure that they lock up their full card for next year. Yeah, it's that kind of week, Diane. You know, it's, it, it's not as awesome a tournament as it was when, when the 125 was going to seal it this week because... Yeah. There's guys that can have a great week like a Martin Lair or even your brother who's currently outside of the 125 could finish third or fourth this week. Doesn't sit with us because he's got all the way to November to, to do what he's got to do. But yeah. we're watching top 70. We're looking for emerging players. Are we? Do, is the Ryder Cup story on either team in the equation? I guess the only player we're looking at is Lowry um, mm-hmm. for, the, for the Euros. Uh, so... It's a great course and it's worth tuning in and it's worth listening to, uh, you know, it's worth knowing how to play this course. So we're looking we're looking for a low score. JT Poston, of course, is on a heater. I'm going to I'm looking I'm looking for him to uh, make me look good this week, Diane. I know. Yeah. Well, after we had three top tens last week, we're doing pretty well. We didn't get the winner, but we were close. Um, And also, Justin Thomas is going to be a big talking point this week. As we said, he needs a solo 18th finish or better to make it to the FedEx Cup playoffs. You know, bearing in mind, he's never missed them before. Huge, huge deal for him. Um, And, you know, we're, we're all rooting for JT because a good week this week, who knows, could be back in that Ryder Cup conversation. Everybody has their 10 cents worth. What do you think's going on with uh, Justin Thomas? Because I have my thoughts as well. Well, he just seems to, you know, it's like the snowball effect as well. When things are not good, it's it's hard to get out of it, isn't it? It's like it just gets worse and worse and worse and you're kind of digging deeper in a hole. Um, you know me, I like to look at all the intangibles and I you know, things that are happening in their life. And I read the worst thing that all this started when he got married. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't, you can't disprove my theory. Um, you know, you're the expert and you know Justin Thomas, you know JT's game, his swing. You've always called him a lifer because he's one of these guys that is going to be around for such a long time. He's so hungry to go out there and win every week. Um, you know, what do you think that it's just you know, impacting well, and, and there's more pressure that he's putting on himself every week. Well, I think he did. I did inadvertently maybe put pressure on himself. He had a couple of comments uh, months ago that said he was going to try to do everything he could to be a much better player. That included giving up pizza and giving up beer. I mean, the guy, the guy weighs less than you do, which is, <laughs> which is not much. So I don't think how beer, beer and pizza is going to affect him. And then the one that kind of caught my eye was he felt like at this point in his career, he said that he was underachieving. And I just didn't feel like that matched the, what I saw from JT. He won two PGAs and a Players' Championship. I would think from where he started and what he's been doing, I would say he's overachieving. So maybe he he um, got away from the way he thinks about himself as a golfer. And then, of course, he has the famous uh, – uh, Bones Mackay cat in for him. They seem like they talk a lot through every shot. I don't, mm-hmm. 
think of JT as a guy that needs to talk through every shot. He's been playing golf since he was four. He knows what to do. Maybe he's looking at this thing a little too tight. I don't know. I would never offer any of that advice to him. But certainly um, he has slightly lost his feel for what how he feels when he plays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and we're all rooting for him, obviously. It would be devastating to him if he didn't make it to the playoffs. So we'll all be keeping an eye on Justin Thomas this week. To, to I can tell you that there's about another 400 guys out there that are not crying for JT because he's taken <laughs> up home the whole slice of the 17 million of the playoffs before. So yeah. don't get your handkerchiefs out just yet. And being a past FedEx Cup champion... You know, I think about Billy Horschel and there's been a real decline in his game. He's starting to pick it up this season. You know, however, people always talk about the fact that he was a FedEx Cup champion. So really that does hold a lot of weight. Thomas has been there before. He's going to get there again. You know, his good mate, Ricky Fowler, we've seen where he was and the work that he's put to get back to where he is now. So it's not it's not an end for Justin Thomas, but it's definitely a season he's going to look back on and, and feel very disappointed well and the media doesn't really know how to evaluate uh people that are in slumps anymore i mean justin thomas has missed some cuts anyone can miss a cut but i think he didn't he shoot like 61 recently up in hartford that's not really someone that's slumping uh to me you know yeah okay all right El. well thank you very much that was our tour report this week for the Wyndham championship so the top 70 remember that's the bubble that we're going to be keeping an eye on this week to me it's exciting and i'll be tracking it every second um and again it's a brilliant tournament a great course and uh, one of those where there can be a lot of volatility and really anything can happen so enjoy it this week and then we'll be back with a jam-packed show next week for the start of the fedex cup playoffs sports social podcast network hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus